Hello, and welcome to the Cat and Odd Pod. I'm Cat, And I'm Odd. And we're going to be talking about real, personal issues while sharing fun stories. And we both had our fair share of struggles and mental health issues. And really, Kat and I just connected and we want to just use this to talk openly and honestly and and let people feel understood and maybe even help a little. Um, I think that's it. Let's dive in. everyone just a quick note here before we jump into the episode i wanted to say that this was actually the first episode that we recorded so we didn't quite have the format down yet we hadn't nailed what we were going for and we had a few technical difficulties so you'll notice the quality of the audio is maybe a little lower but based on what i've sort of been seeing from my friends and you know loved ones the message of this episode is something that I really felt it was important to share, even though it is a little different. So hopefully you can forgive us and you can enjoy it. And uh, let's go. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Audra's recent trip to the motorcycle circus. Is that what it would be called? Cycle circus. Cycle circus. We're going to talk about Audra's trip to the cycle circus. <laughs> so, I'm a vagabond and currently yeah. coming to you live from my grandma's bedroom. Listen, I've heard that word before, but I couldn't tell you what it means. It just means basically I'm a homeless hobo. I Googled it. A person who wanders from place to place without a home or job. See, you're not that. You have a job. You're right. Um, if you use it as an adjective, it just says having no settled home. So you you are... <laughs> Audra is... I don't know how to use it as an adjective, though. If I say Audra is a vagabond, that's, that's a noun. Vagabond Audra. She's a tall vagabond. There we go. Well, no, that's still a noun. Tall oh, is the adjective. Right. She's a... Vag and I don't I don't know. Like, tell me about the cycle circus. What is a cycle circus? That's a great question. One that you know before 2019, I would not know the answer to. Uh, but here I am to educate everyone on this important issue: cycle circuses. So, what a cycle circus is, or what this is? <laughs> maybe there's only one. I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a cycle the circus. Cycle circus. The cycle circus is uh, basically a conglomerate of stunt riders, ranging from BMX riders to FMX riders, uh, moto trials who do all kinds of crazy tricks off of ramps at different circuses, fairgrounds, events, um, all kind of things. So that's what a cycle circuit or is. Or the cycle circus. So they are on both bicycles and motorcycles. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, what is your connection to the cycle circus? Sure. So my connection to the cycle circus is uh, my angel, honey. 
uh, sometimes my significant other, my partner, sometimes um, in his past, I guess, he, from my understanding, he used to do stunt shows and, and these type of events a lot more. But uh, now he does not do them as much. But he um, was asked to step in and, and do a series of shows in the Cycle Circus recently. That's my so, connection. So Jonathan, the partner, is he can do all sorts of like backflips and cool shit on various bicycles. He, he does not flip a motorcycle. Let me be clear about that right now. Um, but he does flip a bicycle. Yep, he flips a bicycle and he can do all kinds of crazy stunts and, and tricks and things such as. Cool, cool, cool. Now, I imagine that a cycle circus has some very interesting characters. Yes. Tell me everything. So, well, it's just a, it's a, just a whole interesting spectacle because, okay, let's, like, think back. And I know, Kat, you're going to, like, let's think back to expo days, okay? I'm All talking right. fairgrounds. I'm talking bright lights. I'm talking cotton candy, carnies. This specific <laughs> one was... Does the cycle circus happen within a carnival, or is it just the cycle circus? Are there mm. other things around it? Right. So this one happened within a, a state fair, but okay. they happened in all, like, they happen in circuses and standalone events, but this one was within the North Dakota fair. So it was okay. at Red River Valley Fairgrounds in Fargo, North Dakota. Okay. And so... You're just over all your sensations are overwhelmed. There's <laughs> bright neon lights, there's rides everywhere, there's people screaming, there's games, there's just I mean Did you ride the rides? I on the last day I rode some of I rode three or four of the rides. How many funnel cakes did you eat? Uh I did not eat any funnel cakes. Uh, I, well, Jonathan no. introduced me to deep fried Oreos and uh, oh, those are good too. Those are, I guess his kryptonite. And so we had our fair share of deep fried Oreos. Uh, okay. So you were at the cycle. Circus. So tell me about the most interesting person you met. So probably the most interesting person I met, she was um, part of the cycle circus, but she doesn't ride bikes. She, but she's, she grew up in circuses. She literally grew up. Like she showed me this video, like her childhood was in circuses, her family. It's like a generational thing. And I learned that a lot of people who are in the circus, it's a generational, you know, community. Uh, and so she grew up around circuses, which I just was like, wow, what a crazy so, neat experience. How old is this person? I don't know the exact age. I think she is in her... Well, she has a daughter around my age. Is her daughter being raised in the circus? She was, but she... You know, she did do... She does do circus. She wasn't in this specific one, but I believe her daughter does is a dancer in the circus. I believe so. so. Here in 2019, there are children yes. being raised in the circus which is an idea that i personally associated with it being like 1920 right like and so if it's I weird like like a traveling circus and kids being raised in the circus it's a black and white movie in my head right so it's like these and this is like why we when i 
met her and we started talking and I real I was so interested. I was like, wait, like this is your life. Like this is like what you grown up. And I was just so like, and she, wow. And she was the only like woman at, on, at this set of shows that was a part of it. So, you know, it was just so, it, yeah. So she was fascinating to just, and I honestly could have probably talked to her like way more. Um, I'm just an introvert. And I got to a point where I was like, I got to spend alone time, but yeah. Now, tell me about the lead up to Jonathan asking you to join him at the cycle circus. Yeah, absolutely. So it was not planned. I was in, I travel for, I travel personally and then I travel for work as well. So I had, was actually uh, in California for about a week for work and the day I got back, he picked me up from the airport. It was a Saturday. He basically, you know, on the car ride home, let me know that he had an opportunity. He hadn't accepted it yet because he wanted to talk through it with me. And he, uh, you know, his friend who runs the cycle circus had called him and wanted him to take part in these shows the next week in North Dakota and basically just presented me with, here's where it's at. Here's what the pay is. Here's what, you know, you're invited. You're welcome to come with me now. You're welcome to meet me up there. You're welcome to just not come at all and hang out in uh, Illinois while I'm gone. Um, but basically, that's how it was presented. I basically had it was a 24 hour turnaround. And so obviously, you elected to go with them. I elected to stay back a few days so I could actually get myself together, I had work and needed to do laundry and just take a few days to decompress because California had been a really long week and a really long trip. And then I chose to drive up to meet him halfway through the week and spend the remainder of the week up there with him and just, you know, see. So, so in the lead up, you had been in California and otherwise away from Jonathan for how long? For, well, so just that period had been a week um, mm -hmm. a week long, which really isn't that long. And relative to weird distance relationship, we've gone nine weeks before we've gone five weeks. We often will go three weeks, uh, without seeing each other, but it had just been one week. So you had been apart for one week and how are, how are you feeling about the prospect you, of being away for another week from Jonathan? Right. That was where, um, I had a lot of struggle because probably for like one of the first times in my life that I recognized I was having like what I realized was almost like separation anxiety, which is not something I've really experienced with diff with other people before. And being in a distance relationship, you're kind of accustomed to distance. And so I wasn't pumped and he knew I wasn't either and which was why it was he was so graceful and uh such a great partner in trying to you know talk it through with me and, and let me have part of that choice um because he, he knew where I was at mentally but also I knew that I could not say no and be selfish mm -hmm. and so I was not doing well I did not want him to go but knew that unfortunately he was going to be going so he said i'm gonna be gone for a week and you were filled 
would you say like your stomach dropped? Did it make you want to cry? Did, you know, like what went on in your head? Right. Yeah. So for the, f- in front of him together, which, um, when he first told me, I knew I had to be strong. I knew, you know, I had, I had to kind of take my emotions back and really come from a rational perspective of this is my person. Uh, this is, I've got to think if I was in the other shoe, he, I travel for work all the time and he never, you know, I don't ever say, Hey, I don't honestly, I never say, Hey, is this okay? Because for me, it's my job. Right. And this is his type. This is his work too. I mean, not for He doesn't do it all the time anymore, but this is work. he gets paid for it. This is what he loves. This is what he does. And so I had to come at it from that perspective for the first 24 hours and just really be supportive and, and, you know, get everything together. And then once he left, I mean, it was a sinking, I dropped him off and it was just an automatic sink to the stomach and a, a, a physical anxiety that's like not produced by any specific events or thoughts, but just more of one of those things that just presents as a physical symptom in the body. So there's nothing in your head that you're like, if he's gone, this is going to happen. It wasn't like I had any specific thoughts of bad things were going to happen. It was just this, well, it became that, but it started with just a general anxiety because like a separation anxiety of like, I just feel calm and better around this person. And I feel like I just stay on task and just live my values even more so. And we try to bring out like the healthiest, best versions of each other. Hold for the phone ringing. Hold the phone. And that's a home phone ringing in the background. 2019. In my experience, whenever you get anxiety, one of the first things, your automatic thoughts is, this is bad. I do not want to have anxiety. I want to do anything to get away from this anxiety because I shouldn't be feeling this anxiety. Yeah, make it stop. And then that just leads to a cycle of... Well, what if I can't make it stop? How do I make it stop? What if it never stops? Right. What if this never, what if this is just how I feel? What if this, and then my fear in that moment was, because I had come from having a week of anxiety in California. What if I have so much anxiety that when you have, it's just like energy, energy carries, people feel your energy. Well, when I'm anxious, I can make Jonathan anxious. And if we all know how the push and pull works, I'm going to push you, you're going to pull away. And that was where my fear went, is my fear went to, I'm not going to be able to control myself. And he's trying to be focused and do work and do flips on bicycles and not get hurt. Not motorcycles. Yeah, not motorcycles on bicycles because he's crazy. As the announcer said, (laughs) <laughs> the only power these kids got are their skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's, they don't have motors. They just got their leggies. So they're thick thighs, save lives, baby. But, uh, you know, just f- any time when you're feeling emotionally unstable, whether it's in a partnership or relationship or job or, or whatnot, you it's a tendency of mine to worry about how it's going to affect other people. So this initial sort of physical anxiety of he's leaving, you then sort of turned into an internal anxiety of, 
well, what, you know, it's a loss of control. You felt like mm-hmm. you were going to do something to push him away and that scared you and then made you more anxious. So you do have sort of an internalized visceral fear of pushing Jonathan away somehow. Right. I just, well, I, I don't, I guess I, I discovered that through this like two week period of, you know, I had to do a lot of, of internal reflection of wh- why am I feeling these feelings? What is this, you know, how do I approach them? And like, what are, you know, what are the reasonings? Because there are some. So what what things do you, did you feel like would push him away? What about you do you think? Like, what... What were you scared you would do that would make him want to not be with you? I was uh, nervous that I would, instead of, like, being irrational and understanding person, be a be very emotional and sensitive to, um, you know, him and, um, or being too needy, maybe being too needy mm-hmm. have people in the past told you that you're too needy <laughs> i don't think so i don't that's know something interesting so that's something that you didn't learn from a previous relationship which is what you would assume like oh you're scared of being needy because someone broke up with you because you were needy but this is something you've assigned to yourself do you think you're scared to need someone <laughs> Yes, 100%. I am, yes, I am 100%. Uh, yes. <laughs> so maybe, so the anxiety wasn't necessarily, maybe it's not a spe- specifically a separation anxiety. Maybe, maybe it's an anxiety of you felt sad that he was leaving and that made you feel scared and that made you anxious. Yeah, I mean, it. well, it's very possible because with this, this is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. And that is because both him and myself, when we met, were at very healthy places with ourselves and very great relationships with ourselves. We had done a lot of work and... We are both, him and I are very similar beings. It's, we grew up in very different environments, but we're very similar beings in that before each other, we like, we like to not need anyone. We like to be very independent people and we still are, we're still very independent, but we're, we're both, him and I are both learning how to be interdependent where it's, I think it was that you're right. The alarm of like, here I am. And I've been through so much and seen so much as by myself. And I am, you know, I pride myself on that. I pride myself on doing things that most people would never even think about doing. And I'm upset because my boyfriend's leaving for what? One more week. We've been apart for one week. Like, like that's nothing, you know, but I was having uncontrollable physical, like gut stomach felt nauseous. Couldn't eat feelings. So you, you don't want to need anybody. Why do you think that's scary for you? I mean, obviously you're, you're an independent person, yeah, but like, so 
Yeah, like what specifically is scary about? Because life is uncertain. Nothing Mm -hmm. is promised. You never know what is going to happen because people change, people die. That's the reality of life. And that's what I've learned as an adult. I mean, as a child, of course, too, but way more as an adult. So struggling to cope with the idea of, it's kind of like, oh, shit. I need this person. I and what if something happens? What if he's not there, and I can't continue because I needed him? Right, and in this moment, it's even hard for me to say out loud, "I need this person." <laughs> I, uh, I think that it's yeah, it's just more of like a I, less of a need and more of a like, wow, am I a happier and healthier individual? Like a happier and healthier person when I am, we're in our togetherness, which I don't mean like we're together 24 seven, but when we're in the same space and when we're, you know, in the same zip code. (laughs) The safety of coming home to each other. Yeah. And it's, that's. Grandmothers and phones, man. And so you're apart right now. And how do you feel about that? We are, and I am, you know, we're doing, this is how it is. Um, but we, you know, I, what I'll say in our relationship is we do a really good job um, in connecting with each other. So I feel, I feel great. I mean, I've been busy as hell. So what would you say to, if there's someone listening that maybe feels they're missing their significant other or they're feeling anxious about maybe even starting to date someone because they have that anxiety around needing a person. How, how do you think they can overcome that? That's a great question. And I think I can only speak from experience. And first thing I'll say is before you're in any ready to be in any part of healthy relationship, you have to be, in a relationship with yourself it doesn't mean you have to be perfect or in everything in your life has to be exactly what you imagine because we always will have to do self-work if we want to keep growing but you have to be in a good relationship with yourself where you recognized your needs your values and what you want your life to look like and feel like before you can try to mush that with someone else and do that tango that's like step one and then like I'd say step two no matter I think that communication you have you have to and this is really hard because these are skills that aren't communication skills especially around emotions are not something we're explicitly taught uh, luckily, it seems like there's a movement that where kids are going to be start t- uh, being taught these skills more, but we're not explicitly taught these skills of how how to talk around emotions and how to have healthy conflict. And a lot of people suppress that in relationships because they are so scared to lose a partner that they're scared to express their their true feelings or emotions. And I think that while everyone has to gonna is going to have to define their level of of comfort in that communication i think that you have to start that communication 
earlier rather than later. And that's not to be said if you're already in an established relationship, you can't open those lines of communication. But you have to be able to not come to the table expecting someone to fix your emotions or make you feel better because you can't count on someone else to fulfill you, which yeah. goes back to the step one. You have to be able to talk through and work through things with your partner. Some of that's something that I've learned the hard way lately of like, I think I got married when I was twen- almost 23. And I had no real idea of I think what I wanted or needed out of a relationship and as I'm getting to know myself more and more throughout my 20s trying to establish that and put that into my relationship that is already existing and I think it's probably much harder to do now than it would have been then so I think what you said is very important about knowing yourself and knowing what you want and what you need Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, it's not like that's when you build the strongest relationships. I feel like when you have the courage to say, hey, it's like we've been this is how we've been functioning. But here, let's uh, we got to take a pause and I got to you know, we have to talk through this. But it's I compare I try I like can go back to compare everything to like being an educator because that's my experience. And I was just it's just such hard work that educators do. I don't do it anymore. So plug for educators respect but in a classroom when you start day one if you set your expectations from the start it's going to be so much easier to establish that in a classroom than it is if you come in and you don't establish those expectations and then you know a week two week a month in you're trying to get the the kids the students to do something you know, I commend you for doing it, though, to having the courage to say, because a lot of people don't, a lot of people get comfortable and they get in their comfort zones. And that's in like all areas of life, career, relationship, friendship, everything. And once you're comfortable, it is that much harder to, to recognize, to reflect, to advocate, to have the courage to have those conversations which is just like so many more sectors of being and so many different conversations we could have and so many different skill sets. But I think a lot of people get comfortable even in like being unfulfilled and sad. It's easier to just be unfulfilled and sad than to fix it. It's way easier to be sad and negative and unfulfilled than it is to take steps. It's so much easier. Like it is so much. I talked to, I've literally had this conversation with people probably seven times in the last year. (laughs) <laughs> it is so much easier for people and I because I felt my I found myself it is easier to be sad and anxious and you know whatever than to actually face things sometimes but that's oh. not when growth happens you right. know cool all right well I think that we pretty much wrapped it up for this episode yeah you think feel so? good about it I feel pretty good I feel vulnerable good but that's when you that's what we you wanted. Know, that's when you, that's right, so when you learn. So...
I have got, so here's, I'm in a debacle. I've got 13% battery left. So what do I do? Do I keep the headphones on or do I put in the cord? You don't have like a wireless charger or anything? What does that even, what would that even look like? <laughs> what would a wireless charger look like? There's, you like set it on something? Yeah. I've never even heard of the gypsy things you're saying I, right I now. I have one in my room. It's like a little pad and you put your phone on top of it and it-